Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. This week on It Starts With Attraction. I recently posted a story on Instagram that's gotten a lot of questions and a lot of feedback. So I wanted to dive further into that topic on today's snackable, shorter episode of It Starts With Attraction. And this episode is going to be about self-esteem. High self-esteem, low self-esteem, maybe more than you ever thought you wanted to know about self-esteem, but only as much as I can fit into the next 15 minutes. Let's dive into today's episode. There's a process to falling in love, and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction and it starts now. As many of you know, what I've been doing for my dissertation and for my PhD has been studying self-esteem in several different areas and several different aspects, which I won't go into now. But this past week, I have been working on that specific part of my dissertation. And so I've been spending 10, 20 hours diving further into even more research than I've already done on self-esteem. And I want to teach you some of those things today because I think it's a great opportunity. Number one, for me to teach the things that I'm learning helps me to learn it better and to understand it better. And two, Sometimes I'm so deep in my research, I think everyone knows this because I've been spending years studying it. And then when I talk about it, like on Instagram yesterday, people find it super fascinating and want to know more about it and have even requested there to be a podcast episode about it. So let's start with what is self-esteem? Well, there's actually several different kinds of self-esteem or different ways that we can look at self-esteem. But the broadest definition that I can give you is that self-esteem is the value or worth that a person places on themselves. So one of the the self-esteem scales that exists and has been around for 40 or more years simply asks 10 questions. So one of the most common questions on self-esteem scales that measures overall global trait self-esteem, and I'll explain more of what that means in a minute, is simply the question, overall, I feel I am a person of worth. That is one of the most highly correlated questions that measures what a person's overall self-esteem is, because that's really what self-esteem is looking at. The esteem a person feels, the worth or value a person feels about themselves. Now, there's four different ways we can look at self-esteem, and some of these kind of overlap. So just bear with me for a minute. There's trait self-esteem and there is state self-esteem. So trait self-esteem is something that is more long-lasting over a long period of time. So think of it like if someone has a personality trait of being an introvert or an extrovert, that's something that lasts with them over a lifetime for the most part, right? 
Whereas state self-esteem is how person a person feels about themselves in a given moment about a significant or specific situation or event. So there's trait self-esteem, which is just my overall, if I think about myself in totality, do I feel like I'm a person of worth, right? That's trait. Then there's state, which is at this moment, how do I feel about myself right now? And this can be vary. This can vary greatly depending on the kind of day a person has had. If it's if that question is asked following getting a 100 on a test, then that answer is likely going to be very high. Whereas if someone just experienced the loss of a job, the answer to that question might be very low in the state aspect of it. But over time, if they think about the totality of their life, they might say that they do feel like they're a person of worth. But in the given moment, it may be different. So there's trait and there is state. Then there is global and then there is domain specific. Again, these kind of cross over a bit and it will sound very similar, but global self-esteem is a person thinking about their overall self-esteem, similar to trait, but it's global self-esteem taken in a given moment, whereas trait is something that's typically measured over a long period of time. So we're kind of looking at longevity and and depth in these two different ways. And so uh, global is global self-esteem, taking every area of myself into consideration. How do I feel about myself? Whereas domain-specific self-esteem is similar to state in the fact that it's measuring something a bit smaller, but domain-specific typically has to do with different domains or contingencies of self-esteem or self-worth that we typically place our value in when we think about ourselves. Let me explain it this way. So overall, I feel I'm a, I am a person of worth. We understand that's an overall, over my life and over several domains type of question. But questions such as, how do I feel about my appearance or my performance or my friend group or my finances or my happiness? All of those things could be different domains of self-esteem or de- or contingencies of self-worth. I'm going to use those terms interchangeably. They're a little bit different, but for the sake of our podcast, they're going to be interchangeable. According to research done by Jennifer Crocker, which I hope to actually have her on the podcast to talk in depth about her research because it's incredibly fascinating, but she's identified seven different areas that are contingencies of self-worth. So domains that people put their self-worth in. And these could be the seven most common, or at least in her research, they're the ones that she has studied the most. And they are domains such as family support, appearance, competition, academic competency, virtue, God's love, and others' approval, which is the seventh one. And so you can see even in those, there's a mix of how the what those contingencies of self-worth are. According to her research, family support, virtue, and God's love are what she considers internal contingencies of self-esteem. So these are things that I'm not depending on someone else to make me feel good in this area in order for me to feel like I have self-worth. There are things that are coming more from within ourselves than external, which are appearance, others' approval, competition, and academic competency. 
according to her research. And the interesting thing is when she's done several studies among university students, I believe even across a couple of cultures, and many of the findings of those studies have found that people who tend to put higher ratings on the contingencies of self-worth that are those internal ones, appearance, others' approval, competition, and academic competency, when those are the things that people tend to place more value in and, and get their value from those areas, they actually tend to have lower ratings of overall self-esteem. Whereas if someone looks at more of those internal contingencies, family support, God's love, virtue, which is abiding to and adhering to a certain moral and ethical code, then those people actually tend to have higher amounts of self-worth, higher ratings of their self-worth and self-esteem, especially over time. And then we can even begin to start looking at the effects of chasing self-esteem. So what is low self-esteem and how does low self-esteem affect us? Well, we'll talk about that first. So low self-esteem, we've seen in the research, leads to higher levels of depression, anxiety, health, just affecting a person's health overall. And the thing is, because self-esteem is the worth and value that we place in ourselves and the way we see ourselves, it's something that we seek to protect. As a, and that's kind of a natural part of us. We don't want to feel badly about ourselves and we don't want to enter into situations that we may be rejected or not do well. And so some of the protective measures that we bring about in order to maintain our self esteem levels, we'll talk a little bit, about, a little bit more about that in a minute, but that plays a part into our self esteem. So going back to those contingencies of self worth, if I don't have a contingency of self-worth in um, academic competency, then in order to protect my self-esteem, I may not even go into trying to make good grades or anything like that. Because if it's something I don't care about and I fear I might not be good at it anyway, then if I end up trying to do it and failing, it could actually negatively impact my self-esteem. And so a, a subconscious protective measure to take would be just don't try. On the flip side of that, if I put a lot of my self-worth in academic competency and a lot of the way I see myself through that lens, then I'm also going to do everything I can to protect that. And when, it's, when our self-esteem is based in some of those unhealthy measures like appearance, like competition, academic competency, or even others' approval, those kind of become the things that are most important to us because we're trying to protect ourselves by making them important to us and 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 succeeding in that realm, succeeding in that area. So let's look on the flip side of it of being high self-esteem. There's been a lot of debate in the research about whether or not a person can have too high of self-esteem. Overall, Pretty much what the research is is looking like it's landing on, and this is something that's been going on for decades, back and forth in the research, but pretty much, I believe, where the research is landing at present day is that really a person can't have too high of self-esteem unless, unless they are placing their worth that they're deriving that self-esteem from in these unhealthy areas. If they're placing it in appearance or competition or 
finances, financial success, whatever that looks like. I, I realize those aren't actually part of the contingencies that Dr. Crocker used in her contingencies of self-worth with success and finances and things like that. But those could definitely be parts of them. And if someone places their value in their esteem, the way that they see themselves in those things, then again, just like we talked about, people want to protect their self-worth and their self-esteem, and we don't want to feel it decrease. And so if we're continuing to chase looking good, being rich, being famous, other people always being happy with us, winning all the time being the smartest person in the room. If those are how we have determined that we have value, if those way, if those areas are the ways we've determined we have value, then as a self-protective measure, we can begin to protect that part of us to the detriment of our health, our relationships, or our mental health. Just to name a few. And so, If those areas of self-worth are based on the things that are unhealthy, then continuing to seek high self-esteem in those areas can be incredibly detrimental. And in fact, that can be part of what leads people to think and say that person is a narcissist, which is way overused in our culture. I absolutely hate the term narcissist. All of you know this. But if we and the reason is because actually diagnosing someone with narcissistic personality disorder is incredibly rare. Narcissism in and of itself is simply it, it's something every person has some of in their life because it is a, a pride factor. It is um, thinking of yourself higher and more highly than other people. And so people who have unhealthy areas of self-esteem basing their self-esteem in these unhealthy areas are are likely producing and acting in quote-unquote narcissistic ways because they are placing themselves highly in those areas and then they are protecting themselves from experiencing a decrease of self-esteem to the detriment of other areas of their lives. All of that to say, so what's the solution here? Being aware and asking yourself, where do you get your value? Where are you placing your sense of self-worth? Because if it's in any of these external unhealthy areas, and I'm using the word unhealthy, the research doesn't. But if it's always in wanting to look the best or being the smartest or being the richest or whatever it is, then maybe a question to ask yourself is, how is that affecting the way that you're protecting you're trying to protect that area of you and is it to the detriment of other things in your life and if so then it may be time to try and break yourself away from placing your worth in those things which are not stable as my favorite book says that there are things that we can build our house and our confidence on that are shaky and they will fall and crumble when storms come to hit and that is true of these areas of self-worth Whereas more stable ones, the love of family, the love of God, which is in the secular research, like that is what they used as the variable in secular research, as well as placing it in the virtue and being a person of good morals and good ethics. When those are the things that we place our self-esteem in, it's more stable over time. It doesn't have detrimental effects to our health and to our relationships. And we tend to have more subjective well-being, higher life satisfaction, 
and many other things. So that's my key takeaway for you today. Ask yourself, where are you placing your value? Where are you deriving your self-esteem and self-worth from? What can you do to make sure that it's not to the detriment of other people? And how can you move into having a self-worth that is based on the strong foundation that's not going to be taken away or broken down or completely demolished when storms come because it's more stable for you, for the relationships in your life, and for your health. Until next week, stay strong.